You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Welcome to 40 Going On 14 with everyone's favorites, Mike, Pat, Joel, and the kids love him, it's Josh. Now on to the show. Hey, guess what we're doing this week? Oh, I'm so glad you recorded that because I had no idea what the fuck I was going to say when we got to that. And I'm Josh. (laughs) The kids love Josh? Yeah. Yeah. He's like a clown. Oh. He's funny. He's here to amuse us. I did that last week. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Mm. All right, I guess we're done with that then. So, welcome to the game show. Show. (laughs) Show. Show, show. Yes. We're forward going on 14. Mike, Pat, Josh, and Joel. And uh, this week we are talking about game shows, then and now. Yes. Feel true. free to feel free to jump in <laughs> any time here, yes. guys. <laughs> just let me drown on you. Sorry, own. do I answer in the form of a question? Yes. I'm not sure how this one works. Yes, you do. Period. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's okay. not part of the game. I was no. pantomiming my answer. Before we get into all the rigmarole, do we have any voicemails, emails, contacts, anything from anyone? Well. Uh, if we had any voicemails, I'd have been a real jerk not mentioning it till now. But luckily, we don't. No, anything, nothing, nothing. And if we had contacts from anyone, that'd be nice. I mean, but I don't wear glasses, so I mean, maybe oh. Josh could use them. Nobody reached out to us this week. Uh, this no. week. All right. No. Well, that, that was easy then. Moving there on. Was, yeah. There was a lot of conversation on Twitter. Was but, there? Uh, there yeah. was. You should get on that. I will go check it out. Yeah, Pat's on Twitter. I'm following him now. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on there. I just didn't know. I don't know. I got to get notifications or something. Contact info if they do want to leave something for us for next week. Anyone? Anyone. 40go14.gmail.com. Uh, at 40go14.gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook just by searching for 40 going on 14, or you can find us on Twitter, which I'm frantically trying to look up right now at 40go14. 40 or you can What's find us on Google by searching professional. <laughs> <laughs> and you won't find That's us. 708 now wrap. That's 708 669 9726. Once we get around the year mark, we'll get this down. Don't worry about yep. it. It's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. He f- does read anything you put in. <laughs> Even I know that. What phone number is that? That's Someone just changed the number. Why would you change only one number? Because <laughs> you <laughs> fell for it. I didn't even do it, though. Well, I want to know who that poor, poor person is. Well, it would be Joel, obviously. Yeah, you're... Why would it who's be the me? first person that laughed about it? That's true. Whoever smelt it, dealt it? Is that the rule? Exactly. Yes, in this would, case, it is. Whoever laughs, uh, laughs, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it looks right. like most of the conversation on Twitter this week was actually in regards to this week's show about game shows. Really? Uh, yeah, Musings of a Geek. Musings of a Geek. Musings <laughs> of a Geek, uh, the podcast, which uh, is also the name of the network we are on, talked to both us as a show and to Mike in particular, telling us at the end of the day, it's still Jeopardy. And apparently we are getting threats from New Zealand because uh, Nikki from New Zealand just said the money or the bag. I I think think we're being robbed. I think that's a game show. In Australia. Yeah. Because they're all criminals. No, she's from New Zealand. I know, but she's making fun of Australia. I have have no idea. I've never done what they do. Well, we know what you're... A knowledge on Australia is Joel very little. Yes, he doesn't even know about bridges. I know. Oh my God, <laughs> they have them in Madison County. <laughs> We're making oblique references to the uh, Coffin Joe cast with Joe co-hosts with Killa Wilba and a rotating third host. 
They Last week, it was me. Yes. It was you. And it he rotated the entire time. And we talked about Will Rowe Hood. Yes, we did. <laughs> who I now know who he is. Uh. All right. Well, we have no emails. We have no voicemails. Oh, so Aww. I guess it's about that time. <laughs> it's about that I time. For, we're we're going to do a retro show today. Yay. Yay. Because Mike doesn't have the promo, doesn't have the bumper queued up. Come on, Josh. <laughs> Uh, is it this weekend music <laughs> movies and tv <laughs> oh my gosh josh that was fantastic the best part is now i've got that recorded for next week's promo next week's bumper <laughs> oh i love the original promo or the yeah, me too. i just li- I, I just like it when you know one every once every six weeks when we get the, the josh version yeah i figured you guys would miss that right in there flavor all right so this weekend is for september 10th 1984 which was the premiere of the current incarnation of jeopardy jeopardy parody yes um let's see what pat has for us this week what's love got to do with us by tiny tim tiny tim (laughs) (laughs) what's love got to do with it got to do with it what's Uh, love but a second hand emotion i'd play with you but my ukulele is upstairs (laughs) that's my tiny tim thank you very much that that tt is actually tina turner yes yes well that wasn't a bad song yeah thanks i've never i've never been a big tina turner fan even in thunderdome what she's kind of the poor man's aretha franklin but i really like her anyway i like her yeah Yeah, zz top wrote a song about it who runs bot of town that's not. That was my terrible <laughs> Tina Turner impersonation. What, what was that? <laughs> what? That's, that was more like an Ike Turner. Yeah, he was asking. So anyway, <laughs> <Moving> on. Barbara <laughs> Mandrell. That's why you make me hit you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. All right. <laughs> uh, September 11th, country singer Barbara Mandrell suffers serious injuries in a head-on automobile collision on a Tennessee highway. She will make a comeback after spending over a year in rehab. Yeah. There you go. Bring things down a little bit. Yeah. We're all laughing, and then there's a car crash. Yeah, that's yeah, right. He has you laughing about your wife-beating jokes. Here's some wife-beating jokes. I've got some. No, that's all right. On September 14th, the first annual MTV Video Music Awards are held in New York City. Herbert Hoover. <laughs> he was most awards H-H. What is H-H? Um, hen- uh, um... It's Herbert Hoover. I just can't believe he got it. <laughs> no, it's Herbie Hancock. Yes. <laughs> uh, her, yeah. Boy. Herbie Hancock wins the most awards with five, but Madonna's controversial performance of her hit single, Like a Virgin, which she rolls around on the stage, revealing lacy stockings and garters and grinds her crotch against her veil, steals the show. I remember that performance. Me too. Yeah, I do. That performance made me the man I am today. I think that performance made me go through puberty several years early. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'd already gone through puberty at that point, so I definitely liked that performance. Nice. Uh, Red Dawn, of course you went through puberty. You hit puberty back in 1963. Oh. Aww. Red Dawn is number one, and it'll be knocked off by Amadeus. That's a fight I'd pay to see. Red Dawn versus Amadeus. <laughs> Amadeus just comes out of nowhere, takes out all the characters from Red Dawn. <laughs> just like Amadeus. Amadeus. The, how many acronyms? Do, I thought we only had like one acronym. What's AA? The oh, Alcohol Alcoholics Anonymous. Anonymous winner for Best Picture. Well, think about it. Like, put, use context clues, sir. 
Alcoholics Anonymous winner for <laughs> yeah, Best Alcoholics Picture. Alcoholics Anonymous winner for Best, best Picture. You're right. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. That Jeez. and Herbert Hoover. Uh, TV. Founded by assholes. <laughs> huge Hooters. TV. Premiere of Voltron, Defender of the Universe, Rituals, and of course Jeopardy. Also, Cosby and Family Ties are probably number one and two. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even bother looking it up at that yeah, point. 1984. Yeah, there's a show about the black family and the show about the white family. Yep. <laughs> oh, good. He put sports. <laughs> <laughs> Sean O'Keefe is the youngest to cycle. Oh, cycling. I'm into that. I, Cy- I did this one for you. I, I that Thank for you. you. To cycle across the U.S. At 11 years old, he crosses America by himself on a bike in 24 days. Wow. This is a record that still stands That's for 11-year-olds or for people in general. Oh, there it is. It, no, for 11-year-old in, in his, you know, he's still the youngest and the fast, you know, to, to cro- he, he crossed the fastest in his age group. That is ridiculous. Ever. 24 yeah. days. Yeah. Good God. Uh, September 10th, 1984 was also the death of John Alfred Footsy Markham, professional <laughs> baseball pitcher for seven seasons. What? I just love that name, John. Oh, Alfred okay. I thought I said something wrong. That's a great nickname, Footsie. <laughs> <laughs> Professional baseball pitcher for seven seasons in the MLB with the Philadelphia Athletics. Boston Red Sox, St. Louis Browns, and Chicago White Sox. I just included that one because I just like that name. <laughs> and from now on, Patrick will be known as Footsie. <laughs> I don't want do to from now on. I don't want to call him that. Yeah, I've, I've been Footsie for years. I, I saw that movie with Dustin Hoffman, right? Yes. Yes, okay. where he dresses his Great. foot up. No, yes. where he disguises himself as Dr. Scholl. <laughs> <laughs> where his foot dresses like a woman. <laughs> you just walk around wearing one high heel shoe. <laughs> yeah, right. Not the rest of them. Just his foot. My foot's so. a cross-dresser. <laughs> game shows. Yes, game shows. Wheel All right, game shows. What shows did we watch as kids? Well, everybody, everybody stayed home from school when they were sick and watched The Price is Right. So yes. That, that's, that's universal almost. Totally a true statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right after we got done watching the workout show with the girls with the leg warmers. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> where, they, where they, like, spun the camera around them? Uh-huh. And they bounced up and down. See, for Body me, that was, that was first. And then there might be a couple cartoons. And then once you knew you weren't going to have to go to school anymore, like Lost in Space was the last thing before it went to game shows and soap operas for the rest of the day in the see we had we had rap patrol was right after uh after the the gymnastic girls it was rap patrol rat patrol? i would always, i would always if i was staying yeah. home come out on the couch you know with my pillow and blanket and everything my mom would watch the news and, and then so i'd watch the news and after that it'd be all game shows all day long oh and black sheep squadron huh I don't remember much of much of what the actual shows were that I watched other than cartoons and game shows. Yeah, I was going to say, I watched a whole bunch of these that we're talking about in the then. I think every single one on the then list that I didn't watch was because it was straight up before my time. Or maybe it was on cable. Mm. Well, why don't we go ahead and list some of the games? Or do you just want to go through right, well, one at a time and talk about them? Yeah, well, let's, first, okay. let's go through one at a time. Let's right. let's let's see if Joel Before actually researched something for us this week. Oh, so well, we, I just we have to say it for him. Well, the very first television game show, Spelling Bee, was broadcast in 1938. Which I thought was fascinating because originally there was radio. I don't know if you ever watched any episodes of I Love Lucy, but she goes on a radio game show at one point and there's you know there are radio game shows before there were um you know televised game shows um yeah and also they um uh, where was it 
Spelling Bee was the first one on the air. Truth or Consequences was the first air a show to air on commercially licensed television. That was the one with um, uh, Groucho Marx, right? Truth or Consequences? No, he did You Bet Your Life. You Bet Your yeah, Life. Yeah, that was oh, You okay. Bet Your Life. Um, so anyway, I just thought it was interesting that it they goes that far back, you know? Now, when well, you guys played along with uh, any of the game shows where you had to answer questions, were you good at getting them? Mm. I am actually a savant at um, <laughs> at Wheel of Fortune because drop the matchsticks. How many are my there? My mother, my mother is a is a crazy fan of Wheel of Fortune. Watches it every single day. Has almost never missed a day of Wheel of Fortune in her life. And so I grew up as a child just watching it, and just it's like almost innate. I, I just after like two letters, two three letters, I could almost always solve the puzzle. I need to go on that show and win a bunch of money. Is what I need to do. I keep trying to get on Jeopardy instead. <laughs> I'm not actually that good at Jeopardy. Like, uh, there have been some pop culture uh, Jeopardy or quiz shows, but I think that's why I'm, like, really good at You Don't Know Jack, the game show kind of video game. Yeah, that's a fun game. Because it's all pop culture stuff. I probably get, I don't know, 80 to 90% of the questions on that. But real game shows, I just... It requires a, a very particular type of trivia knowledge skill set. Well, luckily, my my knowledge is pretty much all across the board. I just it's not it's all completely useless. Don't get me wrong, but I know useless information from everything from top to bottom. It's not just pop culture. I know a lot of pop culture, but I know a lot of stupid other stuff too. <laughs> See, I was always really good at guessing on the dating game. Like I could always get those questions right. Like always. What? I I don't even want to know. Okay, so. <laughs> Game well, shows. Did then. you guys always feel like, though, if you've watched these game shows, that if you got the answers right on Jeopardy, you were smarter than if you got them right on other game shows? Yes. Doesn't that always seem like the smart game show to you? Jeopardy? Jeopardy's yeah. always been the yeah, smart Jeopardy game show. Jeopardy is definitely the, the cream of the crop, in my opinion. But it does. It uh, might be the best game show out there. But The other one that made me feel smart was Win Ben Stein's Money, which actually oh, isn't on yeah. our lists, but probably should have been. Yeah. yeah good. That was a good one. I'll add it. I enjoyed that one a lot. Ben Stein's money was a good one. The ben, ben Stein like took uh, the Jeopardy questions and like took them one step higher because he was really expecting you to know some serious stuff. And they were just really. I mean, he took the the tricky aspect of the questions because Jeopardy asked. You know, they kind of they kind of have a little bit of trick to their questions, and he and he took it even further and just really made it very convoluted questions that you had to think about what the question was before you could even answer it. Yeah. All right, but years before Ben Stein had a game show, uh, the first one on our list is Password and Password Plus. Uh, this style of game show Did was Did you know on... that Ben Stein got busted for sexting somebody? What? what? Was it on Password? No, it was like two days ago. <laughs> Are you on BuzzFeed or something? What is going on? You suddenly jumped I just started looking up Ben like Stein this. when Ben... It's like, holy crap, cat pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's doing another show, apparently. He... He, he followed the yellow brick road. Just, We're on the red one. I typed, just started typing Ben Stein's money, and it came up Ben Stein's sexting pictures, and I was just like, gotta go there. Mike, <laughs> that's why something are you I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at my pictures, Mike. What? Anyone want? He apparently was sender. <laughs> that was better than mine. Good job, Pat. Thank you. So speaking of taboo, <laughs> so taboos are. Not only what Ben Stein was doing, but uh, pretty much the same game as Password, where basically the trick is you got partners who are trying to get each other without actually saying directly whatever clue they've got, trying to get them to guess a particular word or phrase. Yeah, that's almost it's almost what uh, $10,000 Pyramid or $100,000 Pyramid was. Well, it started at $10,000, did not it? Yeah, that's the reason they called it Pyramid, because it seems like it just kept going up and up as the years went on. Mm. Yeah, because it's... 
Before we move on to Pyramid, have you guys ever played the Taboo, the home game version? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so much fun. That is a great home game to play in a game night. So, okay. No, I, sure wait, real have. quick. I actually watched an episode of Super Password last night, um, and it had Vicky Lawrence on it and Dick Christie from Small Wonder. And let me tell you, Dick Christie sucked, by the way. Vicky Lawrence was pretty damn stellar. But I, I just... I. And when I first started watching it, I was like, all right, this is kind of entertaining. And then as I got into it, I started getting into it. Like, I was like, really got behind it. So, I don't know. It's it's funny because I don't remember really watching that show too much as a kid, but it holds up. Yeah, yeah that, they're really solid concepts for game shows. Yeah. That was the basic difference between Password and Taboo is that Password had celebrities. And, mm. and we'll see that there's a bunch of game shows like that where it's like regular people playing with each other. And this totally different game show with a completely different name is the same game with celebrities on the other side. That's going to be a theme as we go through these. So it's like yeah. draw something and, and uh, or no, it's like uh, words with friends draw. and Scrabble. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so Pyramid. Do you guys remember when uh, Joey Tribbiani made an appearance on Pyramid in the Friends show? No. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just that's that's the first thing I always think of when anybody mentions pyramid. Hey, look at this, Matt LeBlanc had sexing pictures like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pyramid started as the ten thousand dollar pyramid. Uh, this was hosted originally by Dick Clark in 1973. Yeah, I remember watching this, but I don't remember how this one was played. They, I, the um. It's almost it's almost like taboo. You have a word and you're sitting across from a person. You're trying to get them to say whatever word it is, but not using that word. The pyramid. There would be seven different categories, and they would turn around and it would be like, and you'd have to pick a category based just on the name of it. And it would be like seven. You know, these things are things found in a drive-through or whatever. And the guy would have to give him clues without, you know, and he'd have to guess what the word was without, you know, him like telling what it actually was. Tomato. Okay. And they would, and then, you know, and you, and you did it three times in a row, and you know, you get the maximum of twenty-one points and whoever, whichever team had the most moved on. Yeah, and they would slowly, they make their way up that pyramid to the top. Yeah, and they just kept, the reason we refer to this as pyramid is as the years went on, it became the $20,000 pyramid, then the $25,000 pyramid, then the $50,000. By the time we get to the late 80s, it's a $100,000 pyramid, and uh, that's pretty much where it stops because once you get into modern day, they just went back to calling it pyramid. Yeah, just so, because of a, they were as a pyramid scheme, so they stopped pyramid scheme. This is where Michael McDonald, no, this is where I cut him off. <laughs> What's the next game, Joel? Oh, Joel isn't here. Oh, wait, there he is. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it doesn't work, Mike. I'm I keep forgetting Pat. Skype lets you come back. Yeah, it's not Pat. Uh, uh, anyway, next game. What is All right, it? so the newlywed game and the match game. I'm jumping a little bit ahead here uh, because this is another one of your uh, celebrities in one, regular people on the other, where you're basically trying to get your partner to answer the same as you. There's a list of questions, and you gave an answer, and then the partner's trying to guess what you answered for money. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where the the wife leaves, and they ask the man, the, the husband, the question, and he has to guess what the wife is going to say. And, of course, when they come back, they answer something different, and hilarity, hilarity ensues. And the match game is pretty much the same thing, only your wife is Jimmy Walker. Where is the strangest place you've ever made whoopee? <laughs> Dino <Dynamite! Yes. laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's pretty much the, the whole point of the game. Is I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that the match game and Newlywed game were, were similar because match game was, was kind of different. It wasn't like you were, you know, it was people teamed up. It was, you know, two people against each other trying to guess what the panel was saying. It's similar but different. Yeah, I mean, it's still fill in the phrase or uh, like the, the main thing is the concept is guess what this person answered. Yeah, OK, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll give you that. All right. Yeah. It's definitely not as direct as some of the other ones like Pyramid and Taboo and all those. Yeah. Uh, poker legend Doyle Brunson in his biography, he's talking about how they used to, uh, all these gamblers used to be on the road and they'd be in the hotel room watching the match game <laughs> and they're gambling amongst themselves on the match game for more than what they're playing for on the match game itself. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always like these shows. I don't know what it was about it. It just, it, it was almost like that reality show thing now where, you know, you kind of, you don't want to like it, but for some reason it's entertaining. It's like seeing a train wreck, you know. Well, Gene, Gene Rayburn was a great host too for the match game. Oh, very true. It's <laughs> like just, it's did like, a very good job of, of of walking that fine line of being, you know, dirty and yet not, you know, not too dirty. That's the, the thing. It's like a how how um close can you get to saying whatever it is you want to say mm-hmm. you know it's how risque can you get without crossing over that line because some of those times you know what those comedians want to write <laughs> well, it's sure. like that, that, that one episode and i don't know if it was a newlywed game i think it was a newlywed game where the, he says what is the most uh, what's the strangest place you've ever made whoopee and the girl said in the butt Oh my God. <laughs> you can see it. It's on YouTube. And it's, it's, it's one of the best game show clips out there. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So. It's also a pretty good transition into uh, the dating game, which was also run in the same hour as the newlywed game, uh, as the uh, like dating newlywed hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Had a 60s aesthetic with lots of like brightly colored pastel I don't know what you call those like blob thingies they almost look like, like asterisks flowers or something yeah, yeah weird yeah they're they're a very 60s kind of flower though those things yeah. don't exist in nature <laughs> right <laughs> just pretty much on shirts in the 1960s and Goldie yeah. Hawn's body on laughing the entire dating game was all based on pushing innuendo as far as you could go with the three bachelors on the one side and usually it was the bachelorette who was uh pushing the innuendo lines as far as the censors would let them take it if i was a bowl of pudding how would you eat me right (laughs) Hmm. with a hatchet Wait, is that not right? Is that wrong? <laughs> I thought you said there were no wrong answers. <laughs> so, you want to keep moving to press your luck? Well, the dating game, one of the uh, interesting okay, things no. about it, a, a lot of <laughs> no, a lot of people um, made their first appearances as celebrities on there. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger was on there, Farrah Fawcett was on there before they were ever famous. Burt Ar- Reynolds was on there before Arnold he was famous. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> that had Holy to be terrifying. Crap. With the hatchet. Wow. Both of the Bee Gees were on there in 1968. <laughs> nice. That's crazy. You're giant. Famous talking. Amos? What? <laughs> Did he bring any cookies? I w- Did you just Does look at celebrities on the dating game or something? Yeah, I'm just looking at the list right here. Danny Bonaducci in 1972, Bill Bixby in 78, 68, Judd Apatow in the 80s. Judd Apatow wow. was on there? That's yeah. Strange. Farrah Fawcett. Yep. Steve Martin. Huh. Groucho Marx showed up as a prank. His daughter, Melinda, was bachelorette number one. <laughs> that to be funny. hilarious. I've never seen that. That's awesome. I want to find that. I can't Casey even. Kasem, <laughs> Ron Howard, Michael Jackson, Iron Butterfly. What, the whole band? <laughs> Together? 
I guess so. In 1969, the whole band. <laughs> Tom Selleck, Bob Saget, John Ritter, Michael Richards, Pee Wee Herman, H.R. Puffinstuff, <laughs> and Adam West. And they didn't even mention Arnold. They did. Oh no, I mean, he's he on there. You, okay, I was going to say I he skipped did. over Arnold since you mentioned him already. All right. Wow. That's I awesome. Told you a lot of celebrities did That's that show. Crazy. <laughs> Iron Butterfly. Did <laughs> <laughs> you see all those guys just sitting like all gathered around the one chair? Iron Butterfly. <laughs> all right. Press your luck. Oh, okay. No whammies. No whammies. No whammies. Stop. Now. Press your luck was awesome because I won. Everybody loved the whammy when he when somebody. Oh, yeah. I loved it when somebody would lose because in the whammy you get to see that cool animation where a whammy would come out and like blow everything up or hit it with a hammer. <laughs> yeah, for any of the people who either didn't grow up in either the U.S. or if this is before your time, the whammy was this little red guy, kind of looked like the uh, cartoon characters you would see on the nerds candy boxes, the but he was frequently wearing a cape. And, and it's the, it doesn't hold up well, by the, I mean, the, the Noid doesn't. Because I, wa- I was watching this last no, night because that was one of my favorites. Not the Noid. The Noid was with the pizza. I know, but he looked kind of like the Noid. The Whammy did. Maybe a little bit. Kind of. But anyway, there this was one of my favorites when I was a kid. And uh, I was watching it last night. And it surprisingly holds up. But the cost of things, you can tell there's a huge amount of inflation since it was on the air. Oh, yeah. It's, okay, so wait. Let me jump in here because this is the one that I watched the most of. And digging through YouTube and watching old episodes of uh, Press Your Luck, naturally I came across a dude named Michael Larson. Yeah. <laughs> and this is awesome. Michael Larson was an ice cream truck driver and an air conditioning mechanic. He noticed that there was a pattern to all of the, the... If you've never seen Press Your Luck, there is a square grid. All the outside boxes are filled in, and they change, and you, it seems random that they all the things change and go to different prizes and mounts, money, and you win $5,000 and another spin, or you hit a whammy and lose everything. Well, Michael Larson apparently stared at this game long enough to notice that there was a pattern that each one of the boxes only changed three times, and the flashing lights that highlighted which box you got moved in the same pattern every time. This badass memorized the pattern. (laughs) Oh, yeah, so he could beat the system by predicting where he could get the extra, extra spins and keep getting money. Yes. So he won $110,237. Um, $110,237. not an amount of yeah. money you can You can't. He won, he won one gajillion dollars. Bazillion. Pi 48. <laughs> he won pie dollars. Is there a niner in there? There he could be. He won $102,000 millions. <laughs> so... Uh, adjusted for inflation, it was about $250,000 in cash and prizes. Considering the average winner walked away with about eight dollars to $10,000. At most. And yeah, they, were lucky. they had a cap on how much money they could give away on that show. And that was $25,000. Right, because most of those game shows are set up to be covered by insurance companies, figuring that enough people will lose that the amount the insurance company can cover them for will actually cover the prize payouts. Mm-hmm. So he, I think he had 37 or 37 or 47 spins in a row, and he just kept going. 
he kept winning fifteen hundred dollars in one spin. One spin. Uh, the only time they were they were watching, they said I, I read some of the um, the background on this, and uh, some of the, basically this, the producers were in the back room flipping the shit out because this guy is reaching a hundred thousand dollars and going past it. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> even have like space in the on the front of the podium to list how much money he had. Yeah, they didn't have that many digits on the front of it. They were like. All right, we don't know what to do with this anymore. So they were flipping the shit out. Um, he wound up wa- winning like a sailboat uh, and a trip to Maui. No, Maui or one of the, some tropical. He won a trip. Yeah, he won. He won a couple trips and some. Yeah, just a ton of cash and everything. And yeah, they they, they they tried to not pay him. Well, they accused. That's it. I read about this because they accused him of cheating. Right. And they tried to find some loophole where they could get out of it. And they say, here's the um, the thing on um, Wikipedia. says, while Larson was running up the score, the show's producers contacted Michael Brockman, then head of CBS Daytime Programming Department. In the TV Guide interview, uh, at the time, the, uh, da, 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 something was very wrong, he said. Here was this guy from nowhere, and he was hitting the bonus box every time. It was bedlam. <laughs> I can tell you, <laughs> we could not stop him. He kept going around the board and hitting that box. And they watched him on videotape, and they tried to cut him off. They tried to not pay him because they said that he cheated. But, one, they hadn't changed the pattern of the of how the boxes moved since the game started. So, technically, sorry, guys. You know, you didn't change it, and it wasn't that's, random. Yeah, that's what the Gaming, the gaming Commission uh, ruled in his favor, because they basically said, uh, he's not cheating, he's exploiting something that you guys should have fixed yourself, because it wasn't a truly random pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like only, a loophole. Yeah, they, oh, they yeah. only had four actual patterns that they used, and one of them, you know, uh, he, he noticed that one of them always had a spot that landed where there, a whammy never, ever appeared on that box. So he knew, like, whatever I hit, if as long as I hit that box perfectly, I'm always going to win something. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, it's like, in I watched the video of him hitting it over and over again, and the host, I forgot who the host was, but... The host is like, oh my god, he's yeah, he's flipping out. He's like, I have never seen this before. I don't know. You are the most. Are you still gonna press your luck? Of course, he's playing that up. He's like, you're still gonna do it. And of and course, he, he keeps trying to get him to pass all his spins off and everything. He's like, come on, you want to pass him? Pass yeah, him. He's come like, on, hey, hey, come on. No, no, I got another spin. The other contestants. Oh, yeah. they were pissed. You could watch the videos and just see how. Like, this one woman is just like staring daggers at him the entire time. But um. Said the program's producers met uh, Ann Brockman uh, met to review the videotape. They noticed that Larson immediately celebrated after many of his spins instead of waiting the fraction of a second it would take for a contestant to see and respond to what they had stopped on. Oh, now they're just picking Well, names. I mean, but that's the thing. It's effectively showing that he knew he was going to get something good. Yeah, because he knew if he timed it right. Because like, he wasn't even looking at the box he, he hit. He was always looking at the box before. Because as soon as that box lit up, he knew what the next box was going to be. It was going to mm-hmm. be the one. The one. So as he knew if he hit it at the right time, he was going to win. So he didn't even have to look and see what he won. Oh, no, but he knew he was getting something good. And I did right. watch this on, on YouTube. You can find this. And I say watch it because... Well, I've seen the whole movie. I've seen everything. Yeah. yeah, it's it, in the Kauai. That's where he wound up. And he, the, when he won the Kauai trip, and it was early on, it was like spin number four or five. Yeah, because he wasn't expecting it. it was no, miss, they, they inserted the Kauai trip, and he wasn't ready for it. So in it, you actually see where he's kind of like, huh, all right, cool, I want a trip. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, but um, no, they wound up paying him, and you know, here's all your money, here's your trip, and a sailboat, and all this other stuff. And he, they're like, but don't come back. Right. <laughs> You're not coming back. Um, unfortunately, uh, he died after losing all of the money. 
what does it say? Is that uh, he he originally started off as a Mr. Softy ice cream truck driver. Uh, afterwards, he had problems with getting in trouble with the law, involved in illegal money-making schemes. He lost all of his m- winnings, moved to Florida, and he died of throat cancer at uh, 49. I guess he pressed his luck. Nah. Joel. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. I would say too soon. Whammy. Too he soon. finally whammied out. Yeah. But you know what? Dude's an ice cream truck driver. He figured that out good for him. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're still talking about him 15 years later. Exactly. I mean, it's you give the guy credit. I mean, he found a loophole. He figured out a way how to beat the system. He got up on there and he did it. Good for him. Yep, absolutely. All right. So, Double Dare and Super Sloppy Double Dare. <laughs> I'll get this out of the way before you guys praise this. I'm not a fan. Never watched it. So. Really? How can See, you not be a fan if you've never watched nickel. it? Oh, go ahead. Pat? What? How can you be a fan if you've never watched it? That's what I'm saying. It's like I'm, n- I'm not a fan. I've never watched any of it, so I, I don't know anything about it. Oh, okay. Well. I just know of it. I know what it is. Oh. All right. Take over, Josh. I was just going to say, this is the only one of the Nickelodeon kids game shows that actually made it out to uh, Fox. So I got to see this, and man, did I love this game, despite the fact that I usually don't like gross-out stuff. Uh, pres- presented by Mark Summers, who uh, now is best known for doing Unwrap, on the Food Network um, starts with trivia questions with uh, physical challenges which frequently ended in like either like water balloons filled with something or green slime yep Mm-hmm. Isn't this and where the slime came from on uh, Nickelodeon? That was you can't do that on television, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's right. That okay. was the first. But at the end of the game, you always had the obstacle course. Yes. And it consisted of eight obstacles, which had to be completed within 60 seconds. And there was each obstacle had a flag somewhere. Like you might have a giant nose and you got to jam your arm up there and there's all this gook there and you got to find the orange flag and pull it out of the nose. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I watched this religiously. I agree. I was a big fan of this, too. And I don't I don't know what it was about it. It was just the right combination of things that for a, a young kid is perfect. I, I, I loved it, too. I, I watched it as often as I could. How about you, Mike? Um... I didn't really watch it that much, but I did enjoy it. I mean, when I did watch it, it'd be like I felt through channels, I would watch it. Uh, the I did like the trivia. I prefer the trivia more than the physical challenges, personally, but that was just me. But Mark Summers, didn't he, he was also on, there was another weird, like, TV show that he was on, on, um... Uh, Nickelodeon that I'm trying to remember him from, but uh, I did. I like I said in passing in '86. I was already in, in high school, so I wasn't watching Nickelodeon too much. You could still watch it secretly at night. Exactly. You watched Animaniacs in college. Come on. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure a lot of the uh, Double Dare I watched was probably after school in my like freshman and sophomore year of high school. Okay. Um, yeah, but it looks like his notable credits were uh, What Would You Do, which was also Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, besides Unwrapped uh, in modern times, Mark Summers was also on the next Food Network star. Cool. And he made a guest appearance on Workaholics. Um, did any of you guys watch any of the other, Nickel- like uh, Legend of the Hidden Temple, any of those? Nope. No, Legend of the Hidden... That didn't come... When did that come out? I don't know. I didn't have cable. I just remember it's always mentioned in the same breath with Double Dares, a kind of a similar sort of show. Might have been after our time, though. Uh, I am looking right now, and 93 to 95, yeah. So that's probably okay, that when... makes sense. Yeah, we, that's when we were watching Animaniacs. It's probably on at the same time. Yeah. So did not watch that. What about uh, Love Connection? <laughs> I don't know what the theme song is. <laughs> <laughs> 
That wasn't Obviously, it. Obviously, you don't know what the theme song is. Like, I think that was a dating game. Sorry. <laughs> that was a dating was. game? No. <laughs> the dating game was not a dude like sneezing into a harmonica. <laughs> no, that was Double Dare. <laughs> like John Popper having an asthma attack. Is going on. I remember Love Connection like it was most entertaining when you had the reports of the dates and the dates turned out to be horrible. Oh, and they're just both sitting there ripping each other about oh, how yeah. he didn't even open the door. <laughs> well, she was a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed that too. I mean, pretty much that's what I remember about the show aside from Chuck Woolery. It's like Chuck Woolery and then terrible people sniping at each other. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we went to the Olive Garden and we fucking hate each other. <laughs> and awful haircuts. That was the other thing. Well, of course. <laughs> I can't two remember. And two. Everybody remembers, remembers two and two. We'll be back at two and two. Well, then if we're talking about uh, Mr. Chuck Barris, then I suppose we should mention the uh, oh, This is Chuck Woolery. You're doing it again. No? Wrong guy? Yes, yeah. you're doing it again. <laughs> Damn it. This is Chuck Woolery. Yeah, but this one's Chuck Woolery. He did the gong show. That's right. When we say the words, the gong show, that will be when we're talking about Chuck Barris. Well, and Chuck it. Barris did the- one of the shows that we already talked about. It might have been the dating game. That's <laughs> 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 still not. Yeah, yeah he, he, this is what that is. he did the pitch for the dating game. And there's a movie. Anyway, shut up. There's a great movie about Chuck Barris called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, starring Sam Rockwell, directed by George Clooney. Watch it if you liked uh, the dating game and or the Gong Show. Okay, okay. Um, so I agree completely. Till, I guess we're not going to wait till where it says in show notes at the end. Uh, movie. I'm trying to insert things. So we're not spending all this time talking about something at the end, making it relevant. Yeah. You're not going to insert anything. <laughs> That's what she said. Anyway, How about Hollywood Squares. I love Hollywood Squares. Jim Circle J. Bullock gets the square. Jim J. Bullock, Bruce Valanche, and the newer one. Ugh. Oh, okay. Bruce Valanche is funny. You're funny looking. You're definitely funny looking. There's okay. I actually had this queued up. Uh, Buddy Hackett on Hollywood Squares talking about doctors. Have you seen this one? Yes. No. Okay, hang this on. Is a great Hopefully, clip, this yeah. will come through. Hang on. The following video is a YouTube stupidity public service announcement. Oh man, I love this. Honey, what country has the highest ratio of doctors to population? The country with the most Jews. Whoa. I would say Israel. You have a doctor in every family. It's a cousin, could be an uncle, a couple of specialists. I'll agree. You agree with that? It's Israel. It is? Oh, wow. Yeah. You can't say that on television. (laughs) Not anymore. Not anymore. So for anyone who didn't actually watch Hollywood Squares back in the day, it was basically a big game of tic-tac-toe where there would be a question and a celebrity would answer and you had to agree or disagree with the celebrity's answer to attempt to get your, whether you are the X or the circle in that square. And you won by basically winning tic-tac-toe. Mm-hmm. And it, honestly, I think it was a great show because you get these, it was celebrities in a situation where they really didn't have to act the way they normally did. And there was a lot of good banter in between them. I'm trying oh, to find yeah. a list of who's been on and, that. And if you, if you want to, if you want to have a really good laugh, I highly suggest look up triumph, the insult comic dog at Hollywood squares. 
so so funny because there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff too and you know all the people that are doing the show with him are just you know going along with the whole thing and it's just i mean it's just really really funny it seems like he would be good on there for yeah. me to poop on <laughs> Yeah, right. and they decided to do another tic-tac-toe game show uh, just called Tic-Tac-Doe, which I, it's interesting. I mean, I almost feel like we should have let off talking about Tic-Tac-Doe because aside from having money going on, it seems to me like it was the way less interesting version of <coughs> Hollywood Squares. Yes. Well, yeah. S- similar concept as far as the tic-tac-toe part, but the, the game was different. All right, here we have uh, Celebrity Cast on... Uh, Hollywood Squares. We have Cliff Arquette, Rich Little. They always had wound up asking him questions about other celebrities who let him do uh, impersonations. Roddy McDowell, Rosemarie, uh, Demond Wilson, and then uh, regulars and semi-regulars were, uh, let's see, Wally Cox, Maury Amsterdam, Buddy Hackett, Marty Allen, Barbara Eden, George Gable, Vincent Price, Charo, for you, Josh. Nice. Oh Sandy Duncan, Jonathan Winters. Yep. That was a gamble right there because Jonathan Winters is certifiably insane. Or was. <laughs> right. He, yeah, I mean, he would he would say anything. <laughs> Jonathan Winters, I mean, I just to go off on a little tangent here, if anybody out there knows where to find this video, I would love to see it again. Years ago on some HBO Showtime or whatever special had Robin Williams and Jonathan Winters in a prop room, and they just found props and did improv together. And it was the funniest thing I have ever seen in my life, and I have never seen it again. So if anybody out there knows where that is, let me know, because I really want to watch it again. There's something about a skunk sandwich that triggers in my brain. I remember for years, Paul Lind uh, was the center square, and I think that I watched it for years where it was also like Phyllis Diller, maybe? Yeah. Paul Lind was the center square through most of the original shows from, and uh, Jim J. Bullock. What? Don't forget Jim J. Bullock. Jim's a regular. Everybody forgets Jim J. Bullock. Aww. Wait, I have to look him up. You guys, oh. Jim J. You don't remember who Jim J. Bullock is? No. Aww. After, after the the, the uh, Jim Baker was was disgraced, uh, there was a little talk show for a little while called Jim J. and Tammy Faye. Oh, oh that was oh, a train wreck. Oh, there we go. That was a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know where you're going with that. I don't remember what I had for lunch last night. <laughs> Wait, why were you eating lunch at night? Exactly. Oh, I get it. See? That, anyway, so, yes, <laughs> Hollywood Squares, we all liked it. It was a good show. Where is it now? Too many celebrities want too much money. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Well, that's the thing is if they did that right now, they would have nothing but B-list celebrities. You wouldn't have, and it wouldn't be nearly as funny. I wouldn't well, say they, that they did revive it for a while with Whoopi Goldberg as pretty much the permanent center square. Exactly. It wouldn't be nearly as funny. Hey, I used to like Whoopi. Not anymore. Well, I don't hate her now. I just don't like her like I used to. All right. American Gladiators. Is that a game show? Oh, yeah. Normal people. Th- this is sort of like some of the uh, other things that are on our list. Uh, from the most casual probably being the Japanese game show that we know here in the States as uh, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, uh, which we'll probably talk more about after the break, Takeshi's Castle, Mm -hmm. uh, to the really extreme Ninja Warrior, which was definitely after the break. This is somewhere in the middle where you've got athletic people, but they're still like mostly not professional level going up against these gladiators who have been trained in various games to basically take them out in different ways. It was fun. And it had, uh, it looked like it was a good time, like, like to play it. I mean, I would lose, but 
had lots of hot people in tight outfits. Very muscular. It came out again in 2008? Yeah, I think they redid it. There was a lot of controversy around the first one. Yeah, it, it didn't look so good, apparently. It, and for the time, I mean, it was it was new, it was different, you know, it was something that really hadn't been seen before, and it was just, I don't know, it was just stupid fun. And it is kind of the precursor to, or, well, the American version of some of those crazy Japanese game shows that you see. Yeah, I loved, uh, there were, basically, you had different games like Swing Shot, Powerball, Tug of War... Uh, what was the one where they were shooting tennis balls at him? I think I was, was trying to think of that too. Assault. Oh, with the big gun. Yeah, and he had to get the balls into the basket. Yeah. What was the name of the one where they had the uh, the stick with the pads on either end? Oh, that Q-tip was Q tip fight. No, yeah, it, was P- called... it was a pugilist fight. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. called joust. Oh. That was one of the ones. Did you say like Q tip fight? Q tip fight. He did. Q tip. You know. Q-tip. How in the hell does that mean Q-tip? <laughs> he jumps around the squares and he... Oh, that's they... Q-Bert. Oh. oh. That's Pac-Man. <laughs> or is no, that, that was Mario Brothers? All right, moving <laughs> on. Win, lose, oh, or draw. Womp, womp. I Wait, forgot what we were talking about. Zap from American Gladiator. <laughs> oh, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought we were done with... I like Zap. Okay, so win, lose, or draw. <laughs> Thanks. You're an idiot. She was, she was my favorite. I like Siren. Of course you did. Yeah. I know that they did have a connection to wrestling. I know it's been a long time since we uh, uh, worked a wrestling reference in for Patrick all uh, <laughs> every episode, but uh, I, I haven't I haven't been or seen a wrestling match or been to a wrestling match since WrestleMania. So. Oh, since that since was our like show, that was basically. like yeah, pretty much two months show, ago. Yeah. What? A while ago? Yeah. Huh? A while ago. Female gladiators. Here we go. Anyway. Crush, Fury, Helga, Jet. Panther, Phoenix, Siren, Stealth, Steel, Venom, Laser, Laser. <laughs> well, and of course, Hulk Hogan was the co host for the 2008 revival, which, as we said, didn't do so hot. Yeah. Nope. So I think that's all we have to say about American yep. Gladiators. When there's a draw, Pictionary. I mean, it's charades with a pad of paper. Yep. Yeah, there Based we go. On the popular it, was, it was fun to watch, you know, when I was in bed sick. But, I mean, it's not like anything I would ever seek out to watch well, again. But, again, you had celebrities, though. And it was celebrities not being scripted, just having fun. Right. If we're doing American Gladiators, does BattleBots count? I was did, did you win myself. money? Yeah. Uh, see, because I think, yeah, probably. I mean, that. but you're, we're opening a whole Pandora's box, getting into, like, Junkyard Wars. And that's why I didn't want to put, I didn't put BattleBots down, because I was like, I didn't. Robot Jocks, Robot yeah. Wars, Real Steel. Anyway, I liked Win, Lose, or Draw. I was a fan. I, I watched it. I didn't ever watch Pictionary, but Win, Lose, or Draw, I did. Well, you're Same boring. Oh, what, was the, what was the host name uh, with the curly hair? Boring McBoringston. Uh, Willie Ames? No. The Boring. Uh, yeah, he, he's, a, he's known. I just can't think of his name. Willie Tyler and Lester? Bert, Bert something. Justin Backrack? Williams. No. That's the first one that came up when I looked up Win, Lose, or Draw host. Oh, damn it. Bert what is his name? Justin Why don't Will? I just look it up? Oh, Bert because Reynolds? it's too, too hard for me to actually. Bob Hilton. No. Burt Reynolds. Robert Madison. Sweet. Can, all right, if you guys are not going to help, can we just move on? <laughs> Burt Convy? Yes. Burt Convy, thank you. There you go. I didn't yeah. like that show. I don't like Win, Lose, or Draw. I hate Pictionary. Wow. Why? I do. You're an artist. Oh, wait, we Why talked about this, didn't we? We have talked about this. I friggin' hate Pictionary because everyone expects me to draw some sort of amazing thing every single time we do Pictionary, and I run out of time every time. In the meantime, I'm over there with, like, two circles, and they're getting it right. You're like, damn it! (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. You're putting Uh, texture in, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm shading, and you're winning. 
Joel right. was joking about Burt Reynolds, but actually uh, Convy co-produced the show with Burt Reynolds under Burt and Burt Productions from 1987 <laughs> to 1989. Huh. I made this smart. Funny. That's funny. <laughs> I got a big hat. <laughs> See what I did there? Ferguson. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Remote control. MTV game show. Yeah, it's all you guys because at this at the time remote control was big, I didn't have cable. One of the original uh, cable shows with Colin Quinn and Kari were, and the only reason I saw this is my aunt had cable. And I used to watch this because she had two televisions, one in the bedroom, one in the living room. And so I would watch this show, and it's where I kind of fell in love with both Colin Quinn and had a romantic affair with Kari were in my brain. And it, it was just a fun show, and it was you know had younger people on it. It wasn't you know all grown ups and stuff, so it kind of felt more aimed at our demographic at the time. Plus, it was it was more pop culture references and more I don't know. It was just it was a lot more youthful yep. and fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. it was on eighty seven to nineteen ninety on MTV. It was syndicated until nineteen ninety. Also. And I love this show because it was exactly what you said. It was all pop culture, and I love the fact that people would disappear when they lo- when they fell out of the couch. The couch would tip back, and they'd disappear. <laughs> right? Yeah. I wasn't one of those smart people like Patrick <laughs> watching Jeopardy and that sort of thing. But remote control, I got in on. Yeah. Um, Which brings us to the another show on MTV that became very popular, Singled Out. This one I did see. Never watched it. Introduced us to the magic of both Chris Hardwick and the lovely and talented Jenny McCarthy. See, I'm with you on Chris Hardwick. Uh, Yeah, I would say inflicted the world with Jenny McCarthy. Hey, Hey, Jenny McCarthy is... Come on, Remote Control had Adam Sandler and Dennis Leary. I'm such a fan. I love Jenny McCarthy so much. Dennis I will definitely give you lovely oh. on Jenny McCarthy, but not much more than that. <laughs> what, why do you keep going? What about Dennis Leary? What? What about Dennis Leary? He's awesome. You keep saying Dennis Leary. Well, he is awesome. He was on remote control. No, we're talking about singled out. Oh, okay. Then never mind. We moved on. <laughs> basically, it's, a, it's a, a dating game for MTV generation, basically. Yeah. You had 50 guys and one girl, and like there'd be categories. Like There might be tall and short. And she'd be like, okay, all the short guys go away. And then like half of them would leave. It's like all the blonde guys go away. And then once you got down to a group of about 10, the dating pool was small enough where they could make them do embarrassing physical challenges or answer questions where they could get them down to just one guy and one girl and they'd go on a date. So it was like The Bachelor. No, it was all, It was a it was like, like an hour long show. One episode. Yeah, it wasn't oh, okay. like a whole season. It was one episode. And in fact, it was half of an episode because if I remember right, uh, you'd get 50 guys, one girl, and then 50 girls, one guy. And that would usually be one hour long episode. Hmm. That sounds about right. Okay. And the I, last one on the list I threw on there. Did anybody else watch Card Sharks? I've watched it occasionally. The best part about this show is that they have giant playing yeah. cards. <laughs> yeah, playing cards that are like four feet tall. <laughs> I didn't care about the game itself. I just like the giant playing cards. Honestly, you know, that's all I remember. Remember Joker's Wild where they had that bit, that, that giant uh, thing you had to pull back and it was like a big slot machine? Remember oh, that game? That was popular. Like even They even had that on one of the shows we'll talk about in a minute here on, on The Price is Right. They had like oversized spinny wheel thing. I don't remember Card Sharks. Wait, we're not going to break it? Oh, crap. Jeez, I thought that was break time already. I just said I don't remember Card Sharks. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking no, about he just, re- he just realized that there's still another category of game shows. Just I thought we were going on break, but we're not. You know, maybe we should break here and then after the break talk about game shows that started then, continued on to now, and then we'll talk about the game shows that uh, have only been in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. 
I think that's a better idea. Let's break now. Let's take a break, and you can get off your motorcycle, and then we'll talk <laughs> some more. <laughs> what? I'm picking up traffic noise. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Let's see if our next contestants can get to the big money. Did I win the car? You did. Yay. Sweet. <laughs> I won the car last time, too. I'm a big wiener. You are. You are a big wiener. Now we're going to talk about game shows now. So games that started then and are still going. If I say game shows that are still running after been on for a long time, what's the first one that comes to your mind? Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Yeah, I, I used to love one. What? What's the longest running game show in the United States history? How many years? Uh, I had that until All I closed that tab. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I used to watch Wheel of Fortune at my grandparents' house. We'd go there on the weekends and watch it with them after dinner and try and guess the puzzles. To answer your question, Mike, it is over 6,000 episodes aired. Oh, my God. So is Jeopardy, though. Oh, shut up about Jeopardy. Well, it is. Well, Jeopardy is in second place. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're neck and neck. They started right about the same time. What, what's interesting is they each hold their own record. While Wheel of Fortune has uh, the longer history and the more episodes, actually uh, Alex Trebek has the most episodes hosted. Mm. Because Chuck Woolery was the original host of Wheel of Fortune. So Pat Sajak is second place to Alex oh. Trebek. In everything. Alex Trebek or Pat Sajak? Who would you take? Trebek. To what? Well, for game- <laughs> To prom? To prom, yes. To bed. (laughs) Pat Sajak or Alex Trebek, which one would you take to prom? Oh, to Uh, prom? I would take Pat Sajak. Pat Sajak, totally. He would be a riot. I'm really going to need to see the corsages in order to make a final decision. (laughs) Depends on what they have to offer. Yeah. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I I've been around Wheel of Fortune all my life. I've watched it since I was a little kid. I don't I don't even really like like it, but I'm just really good at it. Uh, Vanna White, by the way, gorgeous. how is she still attractive now? Gorgeous. Like still yeah. like she's like 62 it, now, and it doesn't even matter. She. I, I mean, this is a woman who is, has proven that you can grow old gracefully. I don't think she's had if there's any work done, it's very minimal at best. Right, and she just has always been very just pretty damn hot. But yeah, I used to watch this show all the time too. Like my my mom and my aunt, everybody I knew, you know, was older. This was like this show. Yeah, and I, back in the day, how you always had to buy crap—that was weird. You guys remember that? No. You had to buy vowels. No, 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 no. Or like food. You had to like they had an actual like area full of merchandise, and with your money, you had to go. You had to like st- stand there and buy stuff. You'd be like, "I'll take the whatever for four hundred dollars, and the blah blah for three hundred dollars." I yep. remember that it was like a showcase. Yep. Huh. I don't and remember that's what that they at called all. It actually. So, yep. There you go. Oh. Huh. Look at Patrick remembering things. Yay! Patrick, what'd you have for breakfast? Who are you? <laughs> I'm go. gonna guess weed. Can we go to the board? <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding! You win. Anyway, so that I was kind of transitioning there to Family Feud. Family Feud is awesome. Yeah, we're gonna talk more about Jeopardy. But I was uh, gonna say, what the hell, man? Uh, we're not just bypassing Jeopardy, but survey says. Patrick Shut the fuck is. Up. We're talking about Family Feud. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Got served. 
breakfast. Oh, I love it. Can, can you hear that? You- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Family Feud. I watched uh, actually watched probably the most of that this week. Not like intentionally, but every time you click on the Game Show Network, it's, it's either that or that. It's like all that they're playing right now. Um, that or that? Uh, no, the Family Feud. I watched um, this. Who who is it now? Steve Harvey? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Harvey. Yeah, I just clicked on Family Feud and he's disapproving of me again. Just like yeah. twice in two weeks. Uh, yeah, Steve Harvey, and then the, before that was James, the guy that played Peterman on Seinfeld. Yeah, John O'Hurley. John O'Hurley. Those are the two that I've been mainly watching, and I have to say, I used to like it um, <coughs> when it when it was on back in the day with uh, Bob Barker, Richard Dawson. Oh, Richard Dawson, right? Richard yeah, Dawson. Was, yeah, Bob Barker was Price is Right, right. And, and, and then I Ray Price after that, and then Louis Anderson, so on and so forth. Oh, yeah. and uh, Al from. Yep, yep, Richard uh, Karn, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it when um, Dawson was on it, and incidentally, he did a fantastic turn on uh, Running Man. He was perfect. But anyway, I, I don't know. I didn't care for it as much these days. I don't know. For me, there's really only two hosts for the feud, and that's Richard Dawson, Dawson and Steve Harvey. Like, really? I've seen the rest of them, but that they just bring two different takes to the show that, for me, are the most entertaining. Huh. I don't even like Steve Harvey, and he's a very good Family Feud host. Steve Harvey is an excellent reactionary comic. Isn't that he, what all of us are? No, no, not as good as he is, because he is honestly ready for any single thing that people... I was watching highlights of uh, Family Feud last night, and I almost had to turn it off, because at one point there was a... Something, well, the question was, something that you put in your mouth but don't swallow. <laughs> was And honest to God, they're just, I think the writers of the questions are just setting him up for these things. Yeah. Because at one point or another, he, he turns over and he, he looks at this woman and is just like, oh, no. he And out, out loud, he's like, you're not saying that on public television because I still want a job tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I didn't get it. I, I, I watched a Maybe three episodes with him, two with John Peterman. Stamos? Yeah, no, Stamos, I'd watch that. He's a handsome guy. Hmm. And I just, I don't know, it didn't it didn't hold the same appeal to me. I, I think the main thing is, especially when somebody either goes incredibly dirty or just says something like a little old lady talking about drugs, his reactions are priceless. And then, of course, you go back to the Richard Dawson era and you've got Richard Dawson, like, kissing everybody. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not just like little cheek pecks like he's full on the mouth like i'm just gonna make out with this contestant yeah i remember one time um a psychic you know how they uh they always do well they used to uh, every year at the beginning of the year they have like you know famous psychics making predictions one psychic predicted this is the year that richard dawson will get busted because they find out that he's been sucking the gold fillings out of women's teeth the whole time (laughs) i was like how can you really think that is an actual prediction that'd be a good pair of lungs man no shit for no one to even notice that you're doing that either yeah that's it Where's my fillings? <laughs> All right. So to satisfy uh, Patrick, let's back up a little bit and go back to Jeopardy. Jeopardy! Uh, Jeopardy is the famous game show where you can answer in the form of a question. You've got a series of categories with uh, amounts ranging from, what is it, 100 to 1,000 f- on the board? Uh, no, they they um, doubled the prices about six years ago, seven years, maybe longer than that. I don't know, but yeah, it's um, the minimum is now two hundred, two hundred to a thousand, and then two hundred to two thousand or four hundred to two thousand in, in daily in double jeopardy. So they go up to two thousand now in day in double jeopardy. And uh, the important parts of the game, besides buzzing in correctly and getting the questions right, 
are Finding the Daily Double, where you can wager some of your money. And then, of course, you get Final Jeopardy, where so long as you're within range of taking over one of the contestants, you can bet up to all of your money on one last question. That's pretty much it, yeah. I I just like this game so much because it's just the questions are written so well. Um, This this game was created by Merv Griffin, by the way, who is, if those of you that don't know, is pretty much like the grandfather of all modern game shows. Multi-bajillionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He made made, uh, the royalties that he's made off of the Think song, you know, that everybody knows the na 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 Mm. Yeah. The royalties that he's made off of that song were over $70 million alone on that. <laughs> well, they use it in, I mean, it's it's now synonymous with, you know, trying to get somebody to answer a question. Yeah, exactly. Classic. So yeah, uh, like you said, you know, I mean, Alex Trebek has the record right now for the longest uh, tenure as a game show host. And there are uh, many, many rumors that he has not really denied that he's going to retire in 2016, which would will be the, uh, his 32nd year at the helm of Jeopardy. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, if he can do do it keep going man and of course a lot of people who are jeopardy fanatics or fans know the name ken jennings he is the winningest player mm-hmm. yeah um, 74 but- games in a row oh my god that's incredible yeah yeah, yeah. And got beat by a woman who couldn't even uh, couldn't even repeat as champion. It was a complete and total fluke the, the, the day he got beat. Well, after seventy five games. Yeah, exactly. He just was kind of like, oh, whatever, fine, I'm done. Yeah, I've I've taken you all for all I can take. So, <laughs> right. Well, but he is actually he is oh, actually ahead. not the number one money winner on Jeopardy though. Um, no. all is that time. Dave Madden? No, it's uh, Brad Rutter actually. Huh. Um, how interesting. much? Interesting. Brad has uh, Brad has won four different tournaments on top of all his winnings he got when he won. You know. Okay. As, that must just be as uh, like wins on the show itself, not counting tournaments, because I have uh, the controversial figure Arthur Chu from this year as being the third uh, third most money all time. Yeah, they're, they're the probably show. not counting tournaments and things that because so, Brad Rutter true. won most of his money in, in, in tournaments. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, Arthur Chu, uh, people didn't like his style because it's not very fun to watch. Uh, he, he buzzed in on every single question because his strategy for playing the game is if no one else gets to answer a question, I don't have to answer it right just so long as they don't get it. So he was searching pretty much for the daily doubles. <clears throat> Uh, and instead of taking each question and going from easiest to hardest, which is the easiest for viewers to follow, he would start at the hardest and jump around until he found the daily double. And if he didn't know it, he'd bet a tiny amount of money just to make it go away so no one else would get it. Well, that's the same strategy as playing the double word score for, like, the in Scrabble. Yep. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very defensive type of play, and, there, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. It's you know it's completely within the rules, but just some people do consider it you know quote unquote rude. Right, right. Because as a viewer, there's no progression from easy questions to hard questions where you get to feel smart. Right, and, mm-hmm. and you get to understand the category a little better and everything. Right, but from Arthur Chu's perspective, he doesn't care how fun it is to watch. He wants the money, and he got two hundred ninety-seven thousand dollars. Good for yes, him. Good, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was crushing souls there for a while. I mean, seriously, if you figured out a way how... I mean, to, to remove the high-scoring squares from your opponents is honestly a perfectly fine strategy. I mean, I it's, have, it's just, you know, amazing that, you know, playing that defensively that he was able to win that much money because it worked out very well for him, too. He also learned that there was a lockout on the buzzer, but that it only lasted about a second and a half. So he would start clicking the buzzer frantically well before he knew 
it would be possible to buzz in just so he would uh, get it a fraction of a second before anyone else could buzz. Huh. Well, yeah, the guy's really smart. And, uh, I've actually uh, checked him out on Twitter. He's a funny dude, too. You know, honestly, if you come into a game show like this, like, uh, like, um, the hell are we talking about? Strategy, uh, Jeopardy. Yes. <laughs> if you come in, <laughs> I went away. If you right. come into it and you have a straight out strategy like that, good for you. I mean, that means you've planned it out. You're not just smart. You're just, you're smart and strategic and you have a way to not, not only win, but knock your opponents out of the game. So again, good for him. Yeah, I mean this this is my favorite game show of all time. I love Jeopardy. I watch it all the time. I record it every day. Um, I've tried to get on it several different times. Um, at about a about a dozen times total in my life, I've tried to get on this show. Um, getting on the show is actually a lot of a lot of people don't know this. Getting on the show is harder than actually being on the show. The questions that they ask in the in the test to get on are much harder than any of the questions you're going to get when you're on the actual show. So I still haven't made it. I'm trying. Keep reaching for the stars, Pat. <laughs> yep, he never got. Past Past name. <laughs> <laughs> and name. They ask yes. Sex, he just kept saying things. I have a name. Yes. Oh, that's I'm sorry. That was supposed to be in the form of the question. We were looking for who is Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> so on to let's make a deal. Strangely enough, I never watched Let's Make a Deal. It was fun. I mean, that's the one where they had, you know, what's behind door number three, right? Well, yeah, that's where basically, everybody was in you've got the entire audience is in crazy costumes, sometimes with wacky little signs. Oh, that's right. That's right. And the host wanders over, picks one of them, and offers them a prize. It might be a couple hundred bucks. It might be something a little nicer. And immediately says, would you like to trade this for what's behind door number one, door number two, door number three, or maybe there's a box or maybe another pocket or maybe whatever i mean there's sure. all kinds of, yeah there's all kinds of ways that they tempt you to give up the sure thing for the gamble and sometimes the gamble works and sometimes the gamble it, it no work <laughs> yeah i've it no work it no, no work, work. <laughs> i've sometimes seen like where behind door number one the candidate chose it and it's a year supply of fish heads <laughs> hmm. or a donkey a live donkey yeah <laughs> here's your new pet <laughs> Not much more to say about that. Nope. It was it was fun, you know. It's a fun show. Price is right. The <sighs> grand. This is my wheelhouse. Like I fucking love this show. <laughs> this, this is the one that, like, if I could choose one show to be on, I'd want it to be The Price is Right. I don't know that I'd be very good at it, but all the little mini games from uh, the initial you get on and you have to bid against everybody else on the price of whatever it is, and so long as you get close but without going over, you get to move on. To Plinko, to I, there's so many cool little mini games and it's different. <laughs> I, can, I can just imagine Josh is up there, you know, and they're like, like give it, give us your bid, and you're all excited because you're up there. You're like, eleven forty-seven two <laughs> niner. <laughs> you brought the special kid on the show. No, Sorry, uh, didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just, it was just a funny image in my head. Now, what about you guys? I love the show. prices, right? That was the one that was always on when I was at home, and. I think my favorite one was watching a little dude climb the mountain. Yeah, that was always my favorite bit. Yeah, because aside and what, from, that was fun. Yeah. Aside from Plinko, pretty much all of the games were around guessing the price of various products, whether it was grocery store items or cars or vacations. 
And in general, if you could get close to the prize based on the individual mini game, not only did you win it, but if you were one of the two, I'm not sure how it determined. Was it anyone who won any prize got to move on to the showcase and spin against each other? No, it was even if sometimes they have people that didn't even win. Just, you know, it's just a matter of like they just pick three people from each sec- segment, you know, whoever the top three were. And if one of them happened to not have been a winner, then whatever, you know. Okay. Did you guys ever see the one with uh, Snoop Dogg? No. Wait, was he a host? No, he's on helping another guest. Really? Yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen this. You crazy. All right, hang on. I have to defend my honor on this one. Oh, no, it's it's totally a thing. It's coming up. Price is right, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, it's the one when, um, uh, what's his name? Crap. The host, okay. F, uh, host. Bob Barker? Drew Not Carey? Bob. Drew Carey. Drew Carey's on there with his, when he's thin and doesn't look like Drew Carey. But Snoop Dogg helps out this guy, and he is, like, amazing at figuring out how much stuff is. And he winds up helping the guy, or the uh, woman, win a car. <laughs> So did he just like wander onto the stage and decide I'm going to help this person? <clears throat> yeah, but Snoop Dogg know. helps him out with uh, with choosing how much how much everything costs and wins wins her a car. So Price is right, Snoop Dogg. Look it up, please. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm checking it out. Great radio. I just put something up on the forty go on fourteen page for you too, Josh. It's a really really cool video. It's a um it's an hour long video and it's like behind the scenes of the Price is Right. Basically, what it is is they have a camera that runs while the cameras are running and while they're not. So like you see everything that's going on behind the scenes during the commercials and everything, and the camera runs around. You see that's how they cool. set up all the different games and everything, and the behind the scenes producer like just follows the camera and talks about how they're setting up whatever and this and that and the other thing. And nice. did you know? And this is something you'll find out by watching this video. Every single one of the Plinko pucks is worth five thousand dollars. What? Yeah, because they gotta get them special made. That's but insane. check it out. I put that up on the page. So you'll- awesome. I will watch it later. It's really cool. It's 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 really interesting to watch. Why would they be so much? I I don't know. Gaming commission. I have no idea. They're made of gold. They're made of the tears <laughs> of the innocent. All I know is that I want Rod Roddy's jackets. He's got the best sports coats I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and all and I know him and Craig Sager. All I know is that I remember to have my pets spayed or neutered. <laughs> that was a weird thing there. Yeah, every at the end of every show. All right, so lingo, uh, hole in the wall, chain reaction. Okay, uh, lingo and chain reaction are mine. Uh, lingo, I, I taped it because it sounded interesting, and it was on Game Show Network, and I was just taping whatever I could find that <clears throat> was on there. I have to admit, I really did not. This was just dumb. I mean, it basically, I, what? I like lingo. I hated it. I like. I watched like a half an hour or fifteen minutes of it. How can we it. never agree on anything? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not watching the rest of this. This is stupid. And I turned it off. I didn't even I think like anybody it. would even heard of it you gotta be like a word nerd like lingo and then i kind of am do you want to explain to the people what it is then because i yeah because i have no idea game where you're given you're you're given the first letter of of a five-letter word and it's never anything more or less than a five-letter word always a five-letter word and you get uh, you get five guesses to try to figure out what that word is if you like say start off with a p and then blank 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 you say purse and you know it'll say p blank 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 e you know so it tells you that e is the last letter so you got that right so then next person you say uh peace you guess that and then fills it out hey you're right whatever and you get points and you do different things boy you should should sell this man i mean you should be a press guy for this because yeah when he started spelling p-e i didn't think he was gonna go for peace i'm just saying i didn't either because there was a five-letter word that came to mind (laughs) 
Come on, give peace a chance. <clears throat> Peter? Are you talking about? Yes, the, yes. Toes of the P and ends of the anus. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay, what you say? Maybe somebody else likes it too. I don't know. I just, I didn't, it really just was, I didn't enjoy it at all. And it apparently was on also the air for several years. great Chuck Woolery. Chuck Paris? The, what? <laughs> yeah, no. why don't you talk about Confessions of a Dangerous Mind again because I mentioned Chuck Woolery. <laughs> Shut up, Pat. <laughs> anyway, so chain also, reaction. Also, 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 Lingo oh, yeah. used to have a co-host named Stacy Hayes who I thought was just absolutely gorgeous. She and a porn star? No, <coughs> excuse me, no. But they they fired her and replaced her, and I don't like the new girl. Shut up! What, uh, what the hell? Stacy Hayes, oh. looking her up right now. She has an official well, website. Gorgeous British girl, Stacy Hayes. Ah, also a porn star, probably. Not a star. She's mm. not. I wish, but she's not. All right, sorry, that was it. Rule I'm done with Lingo now. Chain reaction. All right, so chain reaction. I don't really know anything about it, other than it's a game <laughs> show. It was on the air, and the only reason I know about it is because when I was doing the awful show back in the original days of podcasting for me the mike nero and keys from the awful show were actually contestants on this show and their episode still airs on game show network periodically um you can find it on youtube and it's it's entertaining to watch and they lose to a bunch of girls but still it's, it's a, a fun great show. story i like stories all right. all right who wants to talk about hole in the wall because hole in the wall is a mockery of the human condition <laughs> that's about it's, right Okay, so here we have, basically they find the most out-of-fit and physically awkward yes, people that you can find and put them on a, on a shelf in front of a pool of water. Then they throw a wall of styrofoam with a silhouette cut out on it. And the silhouette could be like a ballerina pose or jumping jacks or whatever. And they have to make that pose before the wall hits them so they can get through the wall, the hole in the wall. If you ever this is a this is the game show equivalent to going to Walmart so you feel better about yourself. <laughs> Cuz there I mean you just see the uncoordination of people and the ability of people to just get in their asses knocked in the big pool over and over and over again. There is a gif video out there that Josh I posted and Josh recognized yeah. of a baked potato trying to get through a hole in the wall and getting knocked That's so in the mean. water. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> So, but it's, it's, again, it's just knocking people into water. So, yeah, you got the big styrofoam kind of, I don't know, soft foam hole or wall with the, the whole vaguely human-shaped hole Say that, that people really don't fit through. Say that again. Soft foam wall. Yes, soft foam wall. Okay, I'm good. Okay. Cash cab. Moving on. <laughs> so we're going to move on to game shows that did not appear back in the 80s or 90s, but game shows that are more in the last 10 years now, starting with the ever-controversial international sensation of Cash Cab. Why is it controversial? Hey. Well, I mean, there's a couple things. There was always uh, the question of whether or not the Cash Cab was real or whether the contestants were pre-screened. Uh, this started in uh, Britain, actually. Uh, one of the Cash Cabs actually hit and killed a pedestrian. What? Not while it was, yeah, it wasn't active. The game show was not running. There was actually a producer <laughs> driving the cab back to uh, like their bay, wherever they have the garage for maintenance, and uh, hit a Sixty-year-old man and killed him. Cash cab. <laughs> so basically, the idea is you've got a taxi cab, and an unsuspecting passenger realizes once they get into the cab that they are in a game show, and they have to answer questions for money, and that their timer is whatever the distance of their trip is. You would be terrible at this, Pat, because you take a cab for like going around the block. No, I don't. <laughs> 
Well played, sir. You win. <laughs> I just I didn't really know where to go with that. I'm I sorry. don't know. I'm. <laughs> I like this show. It's like I, I'm tired. I I used to watch it uh, periodically and always found it somewhat entertaining. Although they never won a whole lot of money. I always wondered though, as soon as they got out of the cash cab, if somebody was there to mug them. <laughs> yeah, they're all waving the money around. <laughs> exactly, and then the cab drives off, and I'm like, did they like, get mugged like two minutes later? <laughs> that would be pretty funny, honestly. That's like the follow-up show, <clears throat> Cash Cab After Hours. Yeah, be Cash Cab Grab. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Yeah, I know that one of the uh, last, actually think the very last contestant before the U.S. edition of Cash Cab was canceled was actually Rachel Ray. She was a contestant? Before, before she was famous? No, it was after she was famous. I don't know if it was like a favorite show of hers or why they would have given her that honor, but she was the final contestant on the U.S. Cash Cab. Just a little mm-hmm. bit of trivia. Hmm. Interesting. Makes you wonder, like, the whether or not they were pre-screened. Gives a little bit of a credence to that idea. Oh, they yeah. were definitely pre-screened. Well, maybe that was the whole point, is they're going to, they're like, that's the big reveal. It's, oh, look, it's Rachel Ray. She's just hailing a cab. Right, exactly. This isn't set up. There you go. Okay, on to the Japanese game show, Takeshi's Castle. Is it Takeshi Kitano? That's, that's right, baby. So, do you guys know this, or at least from MXC? Beat Takeshi, man. Yeah, of course. I honestly do not know the castle. I do know MXC, Most Extreme Challenge. Yes, you do. We used to watch this all the time. I I would love it vehemently. (laughs) (laughs) The original Takeshi's Castle had this whole idea that your warriors doing various physical challenges, once again, like an American gladiators type thing, to uh, confront the Lord Takeshi in his castle. It was very operatic, and you'd have guys in samurai costumes narrating. And then we got it over to the U.S. and decided that bad redubbing and uh, basically changing what the announcers were saying was a way to make it funnier. You mean awesome redubbing. Okay. Yeah. The funny thing is, is most of the time, actually, the redubbing did work in making MXC funnier than the original Takeshi's Castle. Yeah. Kind of like when Iron Chef was translated into America. That's kind of what made it popular was the the dubbing and the the funny voices and listening. Yeah. But a lot of this, like Takeshi's Castle was already fairly zany and they kind of did like a bad lip reading where they're obviously translating things that the original contestants didn't say, (laughs) which sometimes felt forced, sometimes was really funny anyway. I don't think I've ever seen this show, Mike. What? Yeah, it does, this does not strike any kind of familiar chord at all. What? Yes, Jap- it's, honestly, I think this is just the way the Japanese thin the population. <laughs> because there's they bend people in this show in ways that they're not supposed to bend. You definitely have an element of like people jumping from one platform to another and like catching their head on the wrong yeah. platform instead of their feet on the rock. way down. <laughs> Ouch. Look up look up most extreme challenge on YouTube and just mm-hmm. sit there for fifteen minutes and you'll love it. Now what about who wants to be a millionaire? About it. What about it? I loved that show until they stuffed it in our faces so much. Oh yeah. Well and part of that was because they had to continue ramping up the brand because they got in trouble with the type of insurance I was talking about. Uh, certain game shows had their largest prizes insured to make sure that they didn't have to pay them all out at once. And uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was one of the game shows that had an issue with the million dollars being won so often they were having trouble getting insurance. And you can very easily run out of money and not be able to continue making your show. 
the very first guy that won the million, um, there was a, a little bit of controversy, well, not, not really controversy, but a little bit of, uh, I don't know, I was kind of annoyed by it. Um, there was a, another show that started right right after Who Wants to Be a Millionaire started. It had been running for maybe two or three weeks or so, and nobody had won yet. And there was this whole hubbub about this new show that had started called Greed, also hosted by Chuck Woolery, who you might have heard from the movie Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. <laughs> no, that's Chris <laughs> Ferris. <laughs> but um, Greed was hosted by Chuck Woolery, and it's another show that started, and their top prize was a million dollars as well. And there became this whole media frenzy almost about who was going to be the first to give away a million dollars because no one had ever done it, you know, and as one big prize to anybody. And the next thing you know, like like two days after Greed, uh, after Greed premieres and, and and they're hyping up like, oh, maybe tonight's going to be the night. Uh, suddenly, on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, this guy gets the final question of you know one of the easiest final questions that anybody's ever been given of who you know who was the president that appeared in you know in an episode of Laugh In. And, you know, everybody knows the answer to that, or at least most people do. Anybody Herbert here. Hoover. <laughs> no, it's Herbie Hancock. Oh, okay. <laughs> everybody knows that. <laughs> so there was a little bit of controversy because people were like, well, you obviously just kind of gave it away to him, you know, but I mean, just to be the first one to give away a million. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, this has become pop culture legend between the uh, Lifelines, Phone a Friend, 50-50. What was the other one? Just pull the audience. Yeah. 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 Ask the audience. Yeah. And each of the questions being structured, unlike Jeopardy, where they have to start easy, where everyone gets to feel, oh, I could do this, and then get progressively more and more difficult as you approach the million dollar prize. So pretty much, is that your final answer? Uh, became part of the pop culture lexicon, and that's and it propelled uh, Regis Philbin into superstardom. <laughs> well, he was partly halfway there anyway. Yeah. So. Well, he had all the daytime people, and he got all the nighttime people. Who yeah. Are you smarter than a fifth grader, Patrick? Huh? So, no. <laughs> Uh, uh, were, you, were you talking to me? Yeah. Have you? Has any of us watched that? Uh, I've, I've seen watched, a few episodes. Yeah, a little bit. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, that'll be easy. And then you get on it and you're like, damn, I don't remember what the hell. <laughs> it's not as easy as you think. No. Yeah, there are some things that really do trip you up. Like tolerating Jeff Foxworthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well... So let's go on to tolerating uh, Howie Mandel. Deal or no deal? I no like deal. deal or no deal. Oh, God. I, I used to watch that quite a bit, actually. What do you mean, no a game God? Sh- a game show that's all about a contestant never actually doing anything. That's <laughs> that's my issue with this, is this is the least skill-intensive of all of all of the game shows. Uh, it's how still about fun, number though. Four, number eight. Lots of pretty women with suitcases. Number 16. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, there there are. I mean, if you watch this game, game theory wise, there are certain times when the when the offer made by the cashier or by the banker is just you should just take it because just game theory says you should. Yeah. Odds wise, you're not going to get a better payout if you keep going. You know, for the whatever prob- reason, based on what what things are left. So it's very frustrating to watch this game sometimes and see people just pass by. You know, deals that are that are just the best deal they're ever going to get. Right. Or, or or take a deal that's just horrible. <laughs> you know. So the problem is most of the contestants have never even heard of the idea of game theory and maybe i guess probably i'm on a what <laughs> i like my game the running man was, was that a game show yeah it's about <laughs> uh, convicted felons they get to uh, <laughs> go against guys uh, you're an ass clown <laughs> did someone just sneak that in or is that I, actually a game show? that was I mean, not I put that in, like, you put that in oh. pat okay there you go he's gone okay. great freaking movie though 
Anyway. It was a great movie. Hang on, let me call Pat back. Yeah, he Aww. doesn't know how to do that. No. Prick. <laughs> <laughs> Ninja Warrior. Ninja Warrior? Never was? seen it. Never seen it. Really? Really. Me oh, my God. This show is awesome. Actually, it's... you know what? I, I, not to interrupt you, but I saw it for the first time because I watched a clip of that uh, woman that won. Yeah, the uh, people who are actually somewhat successful at Ninja Warrior, even a lot of the people who get to near the end and can't finish the final tower, are near the peak of of like physical human specimens. The the combination of balance, agility, strength that is required and timing to get through all the physical challenges. They're trying to replicate not only what the historical ninjas might have been like, but the ones you see in the movies where you might have to shimmy across a ledge that's about three inches deep using nothing but your fingertips and then swing your legs up and grab something and swing your body over and catch a couple of rings and hand over hand it. Uh, And these are considered the easy stages. And you get to this massive tower that has to be climbed up through the center using like no hand holds. And most of the contestants who get that far can do it and they lose on time. Because not only do you have to be able to scale the incredibly difficult obstacle course tower, but you have to be able to hit the flag in the requisite amount of time. And for uh, many, many months, it might have even been years. No one had won Ninja Warrior. Now I think there have been three or four male champions and recently a female champion. Yeah, and I watched huh. that video of her doing the obstacle course. And, yeah, very <clears throat> impressive. She's only like five foot tall. <laughs> and for her to be able to do some of the things you know that, you know, that she did was pretty impressive. All right, so moving on to pornography. Wait, what? what? <laughs> yes, pornography. It's a new show on the... Uh, the History Channel, I believe it's History Channel, whatever Pawn Stars is on. And it uh, has Rick, uh, Big Hoss, and Chum Lee. And they face off against, uh, there's two contestants at the beginning. Wait, two contestants? Or three contestants? Two contestants. And then the the two, Big Hoss and, and Chum Lee. And they all enter, attempt to answer questions. And then whoever wins the first round of the two contestants moves on. Um, and then they have to face off against Rick. I think that's how it works. Maybe there's three people. Anyway, the the whole point of the game is that that you can win some of the stuff from the pawn shop, the pricier items. And then at the end, they put them off the last contestant standing versus Rick and the other two guys. And they answer the same questions and then they bring them back out. And whoever gets the most right wins or before they find out exactly how many questions they got right or wrong. Uh, he makes him an offer to just walk. Like, I'll give you, instead of winning all the prizes back here, the old stuff from the pawn store, then I'll give you $5,000 and you walk away and you, you know, that's it. And so then they have to basically haggle against Rick Harrison. And it's, I don't know, it, it's fun and it's hosted by um, Christopher Titus. Um, I don't know. Oh. I watched a, a few episodes of it. I mean, it's... I might it, watch that just for Chris Titus. I think he's pretty funny. I don't like those pawn shop guys. I mean, I like I like Pawn Stars, but I was not a really a. I wouldn't say I was a fan of the show. I mean, it was it was entertaining to a point, but I don't see it having any longevity at well, all. I, I, I went to their store in Vegas during one of my trips to try to actually pawn some things, and not only was the store not even open, like they had this little tiny area that you could go in, and it was a little. I mean, it was it was like a ten by ten room, and a guy with a counter, and he's just sitting there, and I'm like, what the hell is this? He's like. 
like, oh, are you selling anything? He's like, yeah, we're not buying anything. Like, I, I got, you know, some stuff I wanted to see you do. Yeah, we're not buying anything. All right, thanks. It's like, so it's like the, the whole place is open just for the show now. Like, they're not even a pawn shop anymore. They're just open to just to have the show. Hmm. Yikes. Yeah. Baggage. Right. I've never okay. heard of this. Now, this is one I'd never heard of either until. That's the Jerry Springer show, right? Right. Until we did the show and I'm flipping around on Game Show Network seeing what's out there. And here's a show. Uh, yeah. Jerry Springer hosts it. You've got three either eligible bachelorettes or bachelors and one bachelor bachelorette they the the main person that's you know playing the game they have one big bag and in that bag is their biggest deepest darkest secret and then uh, the three people that they're trying to choose to go out with they have three levels of bags one little bag a bigger bag and a biggest bag and in, in each one of those things has a secret and it gets more you know bigger and juicier the farther along you go they ask some questions they you know say can you tolerate this baggage and then if he says no then that one's gone and then the two that are left open the next case and so forth and so on until at the end you know he opens his case and if the one woman or one man left standing says you know I can deal with your baggage then they go on a date to Maggiano's all expenses paid and that's their big prize is they went a date with this person that's got this baggage apparently to Maggiano's like, to Maggiano's yeah yeah, for two. You, get, you get like two meals out of that. It's a good deal. All right, um, I'm going like to say the, right now, I have not heard of any of the next three games that we've so well, Would you be willing to, to tell your biggest secret <clears throat> to hundreds of thousands of people for a meal, for a free meal? And, Mar- and Maggiano's. Well, this, the one that, the, the one that I watched two episodes, and the one that I watched uh, first, the guy at the end, uh, he, he after he picked the girl he wanted to go out with, his big bag. Uh, his secret was that he sleeps in a coffin. What? I mean, that's yeah. It's like it's like Jerry <laughs> Springer. Reaction. Yeah, it's like Jerry Springer light. I mean, with uh, it's a game show. All right, I've lost interest. It's terrible. Yeah. Don't okay. Moment so, of truth. Mo- moment of truth is like baggage, but hardcore mode. Moment of Truth was an American game show where basically they'd find people that had incredibly dark, crippling secrets. <laughs> And they would ask them 50 questions while they were hooked up to a polygraph and then took the 21 worst questions that they thought would be most personally damaging. And they would ask a question. And once the question was asked, the person must answer. And the polygraph would determine whether or not they were telling the truth. And at any time, they could hit a button to say, okay, the money I've earned for answering these personal questions, I'm taking it and I'm not answering anymore. And if they get if they lie at any point, they leave with nothing. How do they know? Well, because they took the polygraph uh, oh, at the polygraph. beginning. Okay, and they have signed off on uh, I will abide by whatever the polygraph says. Uh, no contestant uh, on the show has answered all twenty one questions. And sometimes they will bring out an, uh, a good friend or a family member to ask the question if it's particularly difficult just to ratchet up the tension and drama. Okay, there seems to be a rather radical twist in game shows in the last couple of years that I've missed. Because apparently it's gone from winning prizes and showing how smart you are to seeing how well you can disgrace yourself, yourself in public. Yeah. It, it punish yourself either emotionally, physically, mentally, whatever. Yeah, it's all about punishing yourself now. Yeah, there was one unaired episode on Moment of Truth that was a bit of a controversy. It was actually a woman named Melanie Williams who answered all 21 questions for the top prize. Hmm. Uh, she was a member of a secretive polygamist group. Most of the questions were centered around the secrets of this group that she grew up in. And uh, for $500,000, 
dollars. Her final question was, do you believe your father had sexual relations as an adult with a minor? Whoa. She answered, yes, I believe he did. Whoa. And the lie detector determined her truthful and she got her $500,000. And they're like, nope, not putting that on TV. <laughs> Holy shit. So yeah, How do you... Uh, that's the moment of truth. Uh, I don't under... Right? Whatever happened to answering questions and figuring out puzzles? I mean, I don't oh, want to sound like the old man here, but seriously. But get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, get off my lawn with that crazy poly- polygraphy stuff. <laughs> polygraphy? <laughs> Wait till we get to repo and That's games. when you can draw really pretty in several different ways. Yes. Polygraphy. Polygraphy. Uh, All right, The Chase. The Chase is one I've never seen, but it has uh, the very lovely, lovely Brooke Burns, who is finally back on TV. She used to do Dog Eat Dog. Incidentally, another game show we forgot. Um, she does this show, and she also does that GM, GM Motors car design a car win a... I don't know. Anyway, this is the one where it's the... Got the <laughs> what the hell just happened? <laughs> it's got the European guy who's like the smartest guy in the world or whatever, and he faces off against three competitors, and he basically never gets anything wrong, and he's always a real big asshole. I feel like I'm talking to an eighth grader. What the hell are you talking about? I hope you're not a not a game show pitch man. I'm talking about the chase with Brooklyn. He's the smartest guy in the world. There's another guy over here every now and then. It's a really smart English guy against three contestants, and he answers all the questions. I have no idea what the show is about, but the girl is hot. All right. Repo games. Joel, you've lost my interest. You lose. You guys are sucking. You win no points, and we are all stupider for listening to you. Joel, you are the weakest link. Which is one that we actually, uh, speaking of cutthroat, it's one that we actually skipped over. Pretty simple, very similar to Millionaire, except you had two teams. And if one person uh, got too many questions wrong, because if a person on your team screws up, it resets your reward level. The team can turn on itself to vote the person who keeps screwing up the questions off the team, declaring them the weakest link. That's basically the show. Yeah. Can I say something? And a smart-ass host who's supposed to make jokes at everybody's expense. I have never seen Weakest Link. It's another mean-spirited show in the uh, vein of the ones we're talking about right now. It, it's oh, it's okay. your uh, trivia show you're looking for with a little bit of the mean thrown in. Okay. Now, Repo Games. This sounds interesting. Yeah. Basically, if your car is up for repossession, um, what Repo Games does is they send a crew out and they hook up your car and everything, get ready to repo it. And then they knock on your door and all the and, and you sign the papers that you're saying that, yeah, I'll play this game in order to try to save my car. And if you win, you get to keep your car and they will pay all your fines and everything to catch it up to date. And if you lose, they're just going to take your car. <laughs> so you're going to lose your car, you know, whether you play the game or not. Why not? At least yeah, try. Yeah, sure. And all these people are just complete and utter morons <laughs> and very, very... Very rarely do they ever get to keep their car. <laughs> so what? Okay, so tell me what happens. I've never actually watched it. I've just heard about it. All so right. basically, they're like, "You're going to lose your car unless you can answer these questions." And because you're so, the sort of person who loses their car, you probably aren't going to answer these questions. So we're all going to laugh at your double misfortune. Exactly, and that's that's pretty much exactly what it, it's like. A big joke on them. Like, ah, we know you're not going to get these right, but let's give you a shot anyway. <laughs> all right, one versus one hundred. Uh, one versus 100 is a fascinating concept, and it's a show that, while it is no longer uh, airing in the UK or the United States, it is still on the air in the Netherlands, Russia, South Korea, Switzerland, and Vietnam. Uh, the concept has been all over the world, where you've got the agent versus the mob. So there's one person uh, uh, versus 100, just as the title uh, would indicate. Okay, can I tell you something? 
I used to play this. Did you play it on Xbox? I Because I know did. they had it. Yeah. And it was so much fun. Were you the Great one? Concept. No, I was never the one. Unfortunately, I never got to be the one, but I was always in the 100, and this game was always a ton of fun to play. I miss that they don't have it anymore. Yeah, I, I actually I, I looked into uh, trying to get on this show because somebody told me that um, that I would be good on it. So I looked into it, and they're they're one of those shows that require you to send in your goofy audition tapes. So I was like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, like so, you don't have any goofy audition tapes. I just I don't know. I, I trying to be goofy for goofy's sake, you know. It, it just I don't know. I find it annoying. So I know that there are multiple choice questions, and there are different helps similar to Millionaire again, where you can pull the mob. Ask the mob for help. Trust the mob. Uh, and if the contestant doesn't know, there are different ways that they can get help from the mob who are actually playing against uh, the one player. And they are try- the one player is trying to outlast 100 other people. And you can stop at any point. Mm-hmm. So, Killer Karaoke. Okay, <coughs> so... It was hosted by Steve-O originally. It's now hosted sure. by Mark McGrath. It's basically a show Wait, where Ma- they... Mark McGrath? Yes. Nice. It, it's basically a show where you have um, pe- contestants come on, a bunch of them to start with. They all sing karaoke. They all sing the same song, but they're being tortured while they're singing karaoke, hence the Steve-O connection originally. It's kind of like Jackass, but with singing. So these people are just everyday people that they you know get on the show to win money. Then they narrow it down to just a couple contestants, and then they continue to put them through, like they put them in a big cold tank of water, and they put snakes and crocodiles and things into the water, and they dunk them down while they're singing whatever the song is. Um, They make them walk through a maze with beer goggles on where they shoot dust at them, and they have cactuses in there, and they can get money. I know it's just a it's just a show where they just put them through all kinds of torture to win money, but they have to sing the entire time. Uh, and then at the end, the whoever is the last one standing wins whatever money they have left. So it's basically a, a game show in the style of Fear Factor, which we're not covering because I think that kind of crosses the line for our definition of what a game show is, where you've kind of crossed the line into like reality show torture porn. Well, but there nothing ever really terrible happens to them. But it's just it's 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 a it's a game show, and I mean they walk away winning money. I mean sometimes it's like ten thousand bucks, but I don't know. It's kind of like a train wreck again. It's something you can't turn away from, it, but at the same time you feel really dirty for watching it. Sure. Now it's certainly on the border because if we're going to put Fear Factor and American Idol and some other things on the other side, I definitely think this is kind of our line. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with with us approaching the border of thing of the sorts of game shows we're not going to talk about. I think that's going to wrap it up for the game shows. Uh, what do we got on tap for next week, boys? Red Dawn. Wolverines! Wolverines! Yes. Red Dawn. We are watching the original, and we are watching the remake with Thor. <laughs> Would you believe I've never seen either? What? I, ha- I, I haven't either. I haven't either. Is this what? A sequ- is this the sequel to um, Conan the Barbarian? Yes. Okay. No, that's Red Sonia. Ha ha. Oh. That's not even the real sequel. So. Actually, I think I have seen the. I may have seen the original Red Dawn, but I've not seen the remake for sure. Yeah, I've seen neither. So uh, we're all going to watch both Jenner, the Jennifer original. Jennifer Grey and her greatness <laughs> before her nose job. <laughs> Post no job nose job. So we're going to see both the original Red Dawn and the recent remake, and we're going to compare them for you next week. Yes, and uh, if you have an idea for another podcast for us, another theme, another uh, topic, another movie, person, whatever... 
Give us a call or give us a ring at 40 going for. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, like, what? I, okay, I lost like my words. Us, you can call <laughs> us at 708 now wrap. That's 708 669 9727. If you're not good with words, you can email us at 40go14 at gmail.com. And if you want to listen to some past episodes like the food show or the heavy metal show, you can go to 40go14.com. Also, get us on Musings of a Geek on the podcast network that we're on or on facebook just look for 40 going on 14 and all of our episodes are on stitcher talk shoe itunes and booberry if you're on itunes go by and leave us a leave us a uh, review thanks a lot all right well that's gonna do it for us this week uh i'm josh i'm mike i'm pat i'm joel good night <laughs> survey says mike's <laughs> drunk you are now leaving the world of musings of a geek podcast network Stay geeky, my friends. Wink, wink, wink. Was that it? It's like from the back of the throat. There you go. <laughs>